are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. I got to preach after that. Give me a second. You have those moments and whether you're reading your Bible or I don't know, sometimes you you hear a song and it just it gets you, right? You didn't expect it. I'll expect it for 10:30. <laughs> I was just sitting there for a second and had to think and think about times and suffering and God's goodness and grace that he's shown us and wiping away a few tears thinking you got to stand up in a few minutes buddy you got to compose yourself why do we suffer where's God in this COVID-19 crazy world we're in as Matt said earlier if he's really good why does he let us go through the things we go through why not just take it all away in an instant why make us walk through the fire sometimes? And why make us walk through the valley and the, and the hard days that we have to go through? And so we're in a series right now called Asking for a Friend. We're, we're taking a look at some just t- kind of tough questions like that of the faith and, and looking at what the Bible uh, has to say about it. And so this morning, I'm going to go through several passages of Scripture just to help us kind of learn some lessons of suffering. And learn some lessons of of what God teaches, hopefully, me and you uh, through the moments and times uh, that we suffer in our lives. And so let me open us in a word of prayer as we get started. Father, I thank you that through it all, you are there. Lord, I I love that song that we just heard uh, because the way it preaches a message that even in the dark nights of the soul, we can say it is well because we know a Redeemer who lives. We have a Savior in Jesus who has conquered it all. We have a Savior in Christ who is coming again and will restore and reset everything back to the intended purposes of creation. Lord, it is well. But Father, in those moments of hardship we have, we want to still learn and know what you are doing and, and what it means. And, and Father, we need your help. And so as I look out this morning, uh, I'm thankful for our guests who have joined us on, on just a great Sunday to be able to worship you. And I think of the, the many other folks that are here as well that have been faithful in their lives, have been faithful in this church. Lord, I, I can know every... Uh, Each person that's here, we can all attest to times that have been hard. And hopefully we can attest to times you've been good and how you've brought us through those hard times. And so, Lord, this morning I I pray that you will strengthen the weak. Father, you will humble the proud. You will bring uh, encouragement to discouraged people. Father, that we may see someone come to know Christ who doesn't know Christ For those of us that know Jesus, I pray that we learn to value him and love him in a deeper way as we get into your word this morning. And so open our hearts and open our minds to understand your word, to be able to do what it says, to love you more. So Father, help us not to just seek information this morning. Help us to seek you through the lessons we learn. We pray in Christ's name. 
Amen and amen. I'm going to ask you to turn to Exodus chapter 14, whether you have an app on your phone that does that or you have a Bible in your hand. So uh, now would be a time to turn it on or open it up. And uh, let's look at our first lesson as we think about suffering and and what's God doing even in our world today as we look out at COVID-19 and kind of the craziness of 2020. Um, I've seen a lot of memes going around like, hey, 2020 is almost over. 2021 is on its way. We don't know if that's going to be any crazier. Okay, so let's just live in the moment and get through this year. and We'll deal with next year as it comes. But the first lesson I want to go over this morning is when we suffer, we need to understand this, that suffering will make us question God. Okay, so when we suffer, this is something natural that happens to all of us. When suffering comes, we'll want to question God. And so when you pick up in Exodus chapter 14, uh, let's read verses 10 through 14 together. We're going to pick up right there. It says, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. They feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, it is because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to bring us out of Egypt? Is this not what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For if it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Exodus 14 takes place after Moses has been called to go to Pharaoh, to go in and to say, Pharaoh, it's time to let the Israelites go. They've been enslaved for over 400 years. It's time for them to go. Of course, Pharaoh says, no, we're not letting them go. God sends 10 plagues into Egypt. After the 10th plague, Pharaoh says, okay, you guys got to get out of here. They're out of there. They're out marching on toward the wilderness, out toward Mount Sinai. Then Pharaoh realizes, wait, what have I done? I've sent out all these people. They're our workforce. We had them enslaved. We were getting free work and free labor out all of them. I'm about to wreck the economy of Egypt. We got to bring them back. And so Pharaoh and his army are marching out toward the Red Sea. And here's where the Israelites are. There's nowhere to run to and there is nowhere to hide. You got the Red Sea in front of you. You got Pharaoh bearing down on the back. And notice the question. When suffering comes, we question God. Did you see it in verse 11? Is it because there's no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? God, what are you doing? Back in Egypt, we had bread, we had food, we had water, we had a place to, you know, to live. And now you're bringing us all out here just to die? And I don't want to be buried out here in the wilderness. My family plots are back there in Egypt. What are you doing, God? And what's interesting is if you read through the next few chapters in the book of Exodus, you're going to see that question come up sometimes a little differently. There's going to be a time where they're running out of water. God, we're running out of water. What are you doing? Why would you bring us all out here just to die of thirst? You're going to get low on the food supply. God, what are you doing? Why would you bring us all out here just to die of hunger? See, when you and I question God in suffering, It's not a question of provision. 
God can provide all those things. God can take away your suffering just like that. You know, I, I have a son with disabilities. I realize that every day I worship a God that can take away my son's disability in a millisecond. I mean, he could be forever healed just right now if God so chooses to do that. But every day I wake up and James still has his autism, I realize God just hadn't chosen to do it. So when you and I suffer, it's never a question of God's provision. It's never a question of his ability. It's a question of his character. See, that question right there, God, why are you bringing us out here to die? God, why am I going through this? God, if you're so good, why is this happening to me? It's a question of God's character. Are you really good? And did you notice what God said to Moses to tell the people? Pick back up in verse 13. He says this, and Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord, which he'll work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you're not going to see again. Watch verse 14. The Lord will fight for you. As a believer in Jesus Christ, as a son of God, as a daughter of God, you can take those verses and know the Lord is fighting for me. The Lord is still good even when I can't make sense of suffering. So lesson number one, suffering causes us to question God. And let's pick up on lesson number two. Suffering teaches us to rely on God. Okay, so suffering is, we're going to question God, but now we can rely on him when we realize he's good. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul has been writing this church in Corinth, and he's telling them how we can comfort others uh, because we've been comforted by God. And if you have gone through suffering in your life and you found comfort from the Lord and from other believers, then today you're equipped to go out and comfort somebody else. Even if you haven't gone through what they've gone through, you can still speak a word of comfort and encouragement in their lives because suffering teaches us to rely on God. Now pick up in verse 8 with me. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we've experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he'll deliver us again. On whom we have set our hope, he will deliver us. Now, Paul right there is saying, church, verse 8, there's suffering that has taken place in Asia. I don't want you to be aware of the, the affliction, the suffering that I've had. Now, Paul didn't specifically say what that was, but we can realize and understand as we read through the New Testament, Paul was a man whose suffering followed around, all right? If Paul asks you, hey, look, I'm about to go fishing today. You want to come out on my boat? You say No. Because a lot of the boats Paul was on sank, right? I mean, you just, no thanks, I'll fish from the bank today, buddy, all right? When Paul went into a new town, he didn't say, hey, show me the fancy hotel. What's your hotel's like? No, show me the prisons because I'm going to end up in there anyway for preaching Jesus. So I might as well check out what the nicest prison is in town because I'll probably be there in a day or so, all right? This guy had a PhD in suffering. He knew it. And notice what he says. And I, I love what he says down there 
in verse 9. Put your finger right there on the text with me. We felt we'd received the sentence of death, all right? So we, we felt like we, we knew we had suffering, but what's the purpose of that? What's the lesson? But it was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. You know, you and I, we live with the myth of self-control. You realize that? We all think we're really in control when we're not. And what suffering does, when introduced into our lives, it strips away our self-reliance. When suffering enters in, it strips away the notion that we're controlling things. Think about it with me this way. I, I know March of this year seemed like an eternity ago, right? But just try to think back to March with me. All right, back in March, COVID-19 was, was new. We were getting all kinds of different reports of what was true and untrue. I guess that part really hasn't changed, but keep going with me here, right? But you remember back in March, I mean, it was all kind of brand new information. And, uh, you know, people were starting to get confirmed with cases. And, and all this news was just, was just coming at us, coming at us, coming at us, coming at us about, about COVID-19. What was the item that people went nuts buying. Toilet paper, right? You guys remember that? What? Why? Why did people run out and go just bananas buying toilet paper left and right? It was the one thing they could control. The one thing. As news was coming at us, we didn't know how to take it. As places were shutting down, businesses were shutting down, people were saying you have to stay in your homes. What's the one thing I can control? Well, I can control what I buy. Then I'm going to go out and buy all this. And I'm going to buy all this because that gives me a sense of control. What happens is when suffering's introduced in our lives, It reminds us not to rely upon ourselves, but to rely upon God. And I love what Paul says in verse 10. He says this about the hope and the reliance we can put on God in suffering. He says, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On whom we've set our hope, he will deliver us again. So here's how you and I can work this out in our lives when we suffer. So in the moment suffering comes, you may, you may be in that right now today. I mean, things may be bad in your life and tough and, and you've got some issues going on. Here's what you do. You look back in your own life and you stop and think, have I ever suffered before this? Is this the first time I've ever suffered? Many of us are going to say, no, I, I've, I've gone through other stuff. Okay, if, if you say, hey, I've been through some things, I've suffered before. Ask yourself this question, did God get me through it? And if God got me through that, God's got the ability to get me through this. He's got the ability to get me through this. He'll give me the, he's got the ability to get through anything. See, it's that act of remembering 
And we can rely upon the Lord. So I can do the same thing. I can pick up this Bible and I can go from Genesis through Revelation and I can read of men and women who've gone through suffering, men and women who've gone through hard times. And I can read a lot of their lives start to finish right here in the Bible and say, man, look at what God brought them through. Look at what happened in their lives and how God stayed faithful. Then I can look in my life and say, boy, God got me through this and brought me through this. And then that gives me hope for today, but gives me hope for tomorrow. Because now I'm learning to rely upon God. Well, let me give you the third lesson that suffering gives us. It teaches us about God's power. Suffering introduced teaches us to rely on the Lord, but also teaches us about God's power. Let's stay in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, or chapter 2, no, excuse me. Stay in 2 Corinthians, go to chapter 12. There you go. Go on over to chapter 12 in 2 Corinthians. This is by far one of my favorite passages in this letter and really verses that speak to me constantly. Paul, let's pick up in verse 7, says, So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Verse 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. When you come into 2 Corinthians chapter 12, what's happened is God 14 years ago had given Paul some revelations of heaven. All right, he peeled back the curtain and said, Paul, I'm going to show you heaven. And so Paul had these revelations. He got a sneak peek of heaven, what it's like. But now verse 7 says that God gave me a thorn in the flesh, Paul says, to keep me from being conceited. If you have a friend, and maybe you are the friend, I don't know if you have one or you are this person, you have a friend that always one-ups you on a story, right? Man, I caught a fish today. Oh, that's cool. Yesterday, I caught three fish. And that, that catfish I caught, well, I was like four feet long. Oh, that's, that's great. Uh, last month, I caught a 14-footer, right? You, you guys have that? You have that, friend? Some of you are not wanting to answer that question out loud. Totally get it. Paul would be the ultimate one-upper, right? Man, I just went out and bought a, a brand new pickup the other day. Oh, that's cool. I've seen heaven. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I dropped 30 pounds on my diet. That's really great. I've seen heaven, right? I mean, he would have like the ultimate one-up of all time, of all stories, because he could always go, I've seen heaven. You have it. I have. And God said, no, 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 Paul. I'm going to keep you from getting there. So I'm going to introduce some suffering in your life. And it's going to be this thorn in the flesh, verse 7 says. No, we don't know what the thorn is that, you know, some people think maybe some psychological struggles Paul had. Could be some physical disabilities of maybe his eyes going uh, bad, a hip issue. It could be physical affliction. It, it could be, you know, he mentions a messenger of Satan. So maybe this is just a lot of spiritual temptation in his life. Well, just what we know is that this thorn is suffering. Verse 8, he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. 
Right, so I'm praying about it, and I'm praying about it, and I'm praying about it. Remember in our prayer work series, we said it's okay to keep praying, and it's okay to keep persisting in prayer. Don't, don't give up in prayer, because verse 9 shows you something about prayer. Do you notice what verse 9 shows you? God answers prayer. God hears our prayers. God answered the prayer, verse 8. Lord, I want you to take it away. Lord, I want you to take it away. Lord, I want you to take it away. Verse 9, God says, no, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, I know there's probably not a, a, a verse here between verses 8 and 9, but I can just use my imagination and think Paul probably had some side conversations going, whoa, hang on, <laughs> what about the thorn? What about the thorn? I mean, I, I get you're giving me your grace, but what about the thorn? I'm asking you to take the thorn away. I'm asking you to take the cancer away. I'm asking you to take the autism away. I'm asking you for the job. I'm asking for the new house. I'm asking you to remove the suffering out of my life. God, well, well, hang on about the grace. What's this grace that you're giving me? So God answered the prayer. God said, no, 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 Paul, the thorn's going to stay. The suffering's going to stay. But I'm going to give you something better than that. I'm going to give you my grace. I'm going to give you something better than just taking the thorn out. I'm going to give you my grace. So the word grace, it, it means favor. It means blessing. The, the way it's written uh, in the Greek language, it means it's ever-present. It's always there. And notice, God says, my grace, my blessing, my favor, that's always there, that that'll never leave you in any moment, is sufficient, is good. So in the midst of suffering, God gives us his blessing, God gives us his favor that's always present in our lives, and it is always good. It's what we need. And now I want you to notice verse 10. Because this is what suffering shows us about the power of God. He says in verse 10, my strength is made, power, is made powerful in your weaknesses. He says this, or excuse me, back in verse 9, therefore I'm going to boast more gladly in the weaknesses for the power of Christ may rest upon me. See, it's the power of God that's made perfect in our weaknesses. It's not God's power that's made perfect in, in Paul's heavenly visions. It's God's power that's made perfect in the thorn, in the suffering, in the weakness. And so hear me on this. The platform that God will often give us to have a powerful testimony to other people, the platform that God will give us to be able to share the gospel in a way that will make sense to people is not when we're strong, but when we're weak. Because God says, when you're weak, that's when I shine through. That's when I show people my power. And so you stop and think about things going on in our world right now. I mean, you stop and think about all this craziness of COVID-19. Listen. Listen. What a time. What an opportunity to show off the Lord. What an opportunity for us as believers in Jesus Christ to go, yeah, our world's crazy. Right? There's things happening in our world we don't understand, we don't get, we've all been affected by it. But let me show you somebody that's greater than COVID-19. Let me show you somebody that's greater than all the problems that are happening in our world. See, listen, don't waste your suffering. 
because there's so many people that want to get prior to 2019 back. It's not coming back. Move forward with the Lord and say this, this is what God's doing. And and I firmly believe when you look out at what's happening right now, man, what an opportunity. What a time that we've been praying for for so many years for revival. What if this is revival? What if this is right now God saying, I'm shaking it up. And I'm moving it around. And I'm causing people to focus back on me. You guys have been praying for this. Well, I'm doing it. Join in with him and say, right now, even in my weaknesses, God can show his strength. Let me give you the fourth lesson, then we're going to wrap up. Fourth lesson of suffering is this. It teaches you the value of knowing Jesus. Suffering causes us to rely on God, to show God's power. But suffering teaches us the value of knowing Jesus. Let's go to one more passage, and we're going to just head over to Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, I'm just going to read one verse out of there, but it's a, it's a precious verse. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18, Paul in this chapter is talking about the love of God that we have in Christ Jesus and how nothing separates us from this love. It's an incredible chapter. If you've never read it, uh, read it later. But pick up in verse 18 with me. Paul says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. The sufferings of the present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. You know, as I walked up here earlier, and I said that last song kind of got me. I wasn't expecting that last song to get me the way it did. But this time, six years ago, in the month of September, was one of the hardest times in my family's life. We had experienced a loss about six months ago this time in September that that sent me into a period of depression that I had to seek counseling for. I was on some medication for for a period of time. I started for the first time in my life having panic attacks. I, I didn't even know what a panic attack was and, until one day I was, I was home and I had the boys and Sandra was gone and a panic attack hit me and I picked up my cell phone. And I called her. I said, you got to come home. I don't know what's happening. I've never felt this way before, but I I need you back, and I need you back right now. In, In that period of time that we were in six years ago was a hard period. I had dark nights of my soul and in my mind that I'd never really experienced before. And when you read a verse like verse 18, where Paul says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. In no way, shape, or form is Paul minimizing your suffering. No way, shape, or form is Paul saying what you're going through is not hard. No, it's hard. And what you may be going through, like I went through over six years ago and my family did, that was the hardest time we've ever been through in our lives. But here's what I learned. That what I was going through and what we were going through as a family, that was very, very difficult, but it was nothing compared to the joys of heaven. 
See, what that was going through was temporary. Heaven is forever. What that suffering was going through is temporary. But if I put that up beside and I compare that, that temporary suffering to the glories of heaven, to being with Jesus for all of eternity, then I get my perspective right. Then I realize who I have in Christ. I have a Savior that does more than just forgive me of my sin. I have a Savior that says, I'm with you thick or thin now and forever. I'm with you at every moment. This is the kind of Savior I am. I'm not going to leave you even in the midst of the hard times. And so when you stop and think about it, and just think about it this way. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you don't believe Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life, let let me just put it to you very, very bluntly. This life is the best you're going to do. Okay? If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, this this life is going to be the best you ever get. The best you will ever have if you don't know Christ. In all of its suffering, in all its craziness, this is the best. Because the Bible says if you die without Christ and you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, your sin's not forgiven, you'll be in hell for all of eternity. And hell is a trillion times a trillion times a trillion times a trillion times worse than this life. But if you give your life to Jesus now, if you learn to value Jesus and love him in this life, then you're with him in the next for eternity. And heaven is a trillion times a trillion times a trillion times a trillion times better than this life. And so when you go through suffering, you've got a choice, and it's your choice. When suffering comes, here's your choice. It's pretty simple. You either walk with God or you walk away from God. That's it. When you suffer, you either walk with him through it or you walk away from him. You walk away from him now, you don't have him for all of eternity. You walk with him now, he's with you for all of eternity forever. So I'm going to put that decision in your lap. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for a time of, of singing, of remembering who you are, of being able to pray together, encourage one another, Lord, as we opened up your word, I I pray that we remember verse 18 of Romans 8, that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So I pray for every man, woman, teenager that's in this worship center this morning, that their faith and their faith alone is in Christ Jesus. And Lord, I pray this morning that if it's not, that they'll turn their lives right over to Jesus right now. That they'll learn to value Jesus. Lord, for those of us that are believers in Jesus Christ, I I pray that we learn that. We learn to value Jesus more than we learn to value our comfort. We learn to value Jesus more than we learn to value our own lives. That when we suffer, teach us to rely upon you. Teach us of your power. Teach us of the value and the joy of knowing Jesus. Lord, help us to walk with you through suffering, not to walk away from you. So God, thank you for in this crazy world we're living in right now, you, oh God, are in control. You, oh God, are still good. We pray in Christ's name, amen. Amen.